you'd like to contact the show, send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com or follow us on any of our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Live on Four Legs Podcast and on Twitter at Live on Four Legs Pod. In my dreaming of an aspect right and fair Am I sleeping? It was broken But my dream, it lingered near In the former shining valleys Where the pure air recognized And my senses newly opened I awaken to the cry That the people have the power Listening to Live on Four Legs podcast, Randy Sobel here and John Farrar over there. Um, and usually on the show, we'll kind of give you a little bit of a spiel of what the episode's going to be. And we're going to talk about a show, uh, Burn 2006, and we're going to play a piece from an interview that we did with Steve, who was on last week's Marseille episode. But today, it's a little bit more complicated than that because than that of the state that we're living in in this country and I, I feel it would be it, I feel like we need to address some of the things that are going on right now because it's really impossible to do this without doing that and, and we, we record this on Monday night after a, a press conference that is extremely alarming and difficult to digest and uh, now we just kind of sit in this state of, of disarray almost and, and where we're angry, we're upset. And, um, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people are are feeling the brunt of this. Everybody has some sort of of opinion on this, whether or not, you know, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. But, I, you know, I, I want to take some time to to really, you know, Think about think about what the band would do in a situation like this. If, if they were playing in Europe in in June, they would address this 100%. The whole tour would be about this, and they would play songs that would be dedicated to protesting, that would be dedicated to you know civil rights and human rights. And um, that's sort of what I my my objective when coming into this episode is. I, I think it absolutely just needs to be addressed and oh yeah i mean look i mean let's not mince words i mean i you know unequivocally stand with the people like i would absolutely be out there if i didn't have two little kids that i had to take care of at home and you know being stuck home in this pandemic like yeah unequivocally stand with with black lives matter with the protesters like yeah don't let's i mean i'm not gonna mince words i mean i i speak for myself like yeah don't don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, we, it's, it's the shadow that is, is covering more and more of everything that we do. 
these days. Yeah, and it's um, it's harder to digest, and just when you think the shits hit the fan for one thing, and and you think that maybe you know this country can't get any worse, and maybe we can just improve upon you know our our past actions, and it just seems, and I'm I'm more I'm talking about you know the the cop, and I'm talking about Derek. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I wouldn't yeah. even give him the time yeah. of day, but you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about that. I, I, you know, how I thought we were past this. I thought we had moved past this as a country. Um, and it's very obvious that we've, we've moved far behind and it's escalated because we have piss poor leadership that is essentially encouraging his um his stable of of in instable fans to uh to wage war yeah, on but, the but peaceful please like go go find out where you can help where you can donate donate to bail funds and solidarity funds find out the you know donate to the ACLU donate to action network like there there are all the links out there if you can find for it i i've i've done it i highly recommend if if you're if you feel that way put you know it's it's time to to put your money where your mouth is so yeah. these these people need our help that that's a way that uh that we can all help so I, I highly recommend doing that i'm sure we you can find the links if not we'll we'll post some but yeah it's it these are these are troubled times yeah um you know we we absolutely 100% stand with black lives matter stand against police brutality and hope that in the future and really that in the present we can change right now. Yeah. It's so like, I mean, future you, is... you go back like being, being raised on punk rock, like just talk about like the stuff I grew up with, like think about like a band, like the dicks having a song, like hate the police in 1980, 81, whatever that was black flag police story, 1981, like police truck by the dead Kennedys. Like this is not new. <laughs> Even you know, like police song by the Broadways. I know not a lot of people know them, but uh, you just, it just goes on and on, man. This is, and this is, we, we've known about this for a while and it's, it's sad that it's it took all of this to get it into the forefront. And like, yeah, just, it, it's just ominous. Like I, like I said, I just, you just feel like there's a black cloud over everything right now. Yeah. It, it's, it's a bit hard to, to not go through each hour and, and check what's going on and, and be informed. And the more you're informed you are, the more angry you get. And, um, unfortunately I don't, I don't know when we're going to see that change at this moment, but you know, and it's, it's, it's weird that we're going to spend time talking about Pearl Jam and maybe it takes us away from, from the situation at hand and it gives you the listener a moment where you know maybe for an hour or so you can sit back and 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 take something else in but honestly in in all sincerity you shouldn't you should be paying attention to what's going oh, on yeah, it, because it, that's way more pearl important. jam makes good protest music and they, yeah. they they go one and one in the same clash bob marley i grew up on the 90s and 2000 punk rock and bad religion and anti-flag 
like those were my protest bands and stuff that I look to even now for just answers and, and, you know, questions and, and it's all still relevant propaganda. It's all still relevant. Yeah. 100%. So, um, what we did last week, uh, like I mentioned before, we, we did the Marseille show and Steve was on that show. And, um, Steve, if you remember, he went through and did about four shows about four. He did four shows, uh, on that little European stint. And one of the other shows that he went to, this was the third of the four, uh, was the burn Switzerland show. So, we, uh, I got a chance to talk to him after the Marseille episode. I didn't, you know, want him to come on another episode. I know these are taxing to, to do. So I, you know, we recorded about maybe a 15, 20 minute interview to, to show you guys right now and, and just get his further experience on what the tour was like, what it was like traveling. So I, I think where we left off was I asked him about what, the situation was after leaving Marseille and going to Paris. So, you know, we get a little bit of a sense of where Steve was in the tour here, and then I'll talk about the Burn show specifically. The next day, uh, it was a little bit of a whirlwind. We left Marseille super early. We wanted to try to get uh, as much time in Paris uh, as we could. Um, and so we left Marseille and, uh, might have even been like the first train. I think it was like still dark uh, when we got on the train. I, I might be wrong about that, but it was, you know, irrespective. It was uh, really early when we left. So we got to Paris as early as we could, uh, dropped off our bags, and then hit up the city. Um, our time in Paris, uh, Paris is one of the most beautiful cities. It's incredible. Um, I have almost no desire to go back. <laughs> uh, we, we, we were, again, uh, if you listened to last week's show, I mentioned, you know, this is right in the middle of the, you know, the Iraq war, run up to the Iraq war and, and all that stuff. Uh, and Americans were not, you know, super high on the list of favorite people in, in France, but um, out of, or in Europe, I mean to say, uh, but of all the places we went, the only place that we were treated like, poorly was, was in, was in Paris. People would like, we would ask them, ask them questions and they would just flat out like not answer us. So, um, it was definitely an interesting time, uh, an interesting time to be there. Uh, and in Paris specifically was, was very, you know, I'm not going to say it was difficult. It didn't make it, didn't make it difficult, but, uh, it was weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, uh, but the, the city itself is, is absolutely amazing. We had a great time. We were there. We saw uh, all sorts of different, you know, shops and things like that. And for some reason, the one thing that really stands out in my mind, uh, I, I lived in Queens at the time of the trip and worked in Manhattan. Uh, and, you know, we'd go quite frequently to uh, like the carts, you know, the, the, you know, the Euro carts and the whatever for, for lunch. Uh, but instead of those sorts of carts in Paris, they had uh, carts where you'd get uh, a baguette with um, like this like super fresh uh, cheese, tomato, and basil, and it was just like, why can we not do this in the United Sounds States? Incredible. It was the most delicious. 
like from a cart, a guy in a cart, like in a bicycle almost. <laughs> uh, you know, I had the, one of the most delicious things I've ever eaten in my entire life. I was like, this is this is ridiculous. Uh, and then across the street, the other cart, the guy was selling crepes, which were almost as delicious as the sandwich. So wow. uh, it was just, yeah, it was, it was just very, very, very different, uh, you know, as far as that, that stuff goes. But um, Paris was absolutely gorgeous. We did the, you know, the uh, Arche de Triomphe and um, uh, all that stuff. It was, it was very, very cool. So, uh, and of all the places that we saw in Europe, uh, Paris was the only place we had two whole days to stay. So, um, Bern, we really only had like a day and a little while, uh, of the next morning. Uh, and then Bologna, we really only had, uh, the day that we got there or excuse me, the day after we came in, uh, to Bologna right before the show, um, like a couple hours before the show, went to the show, went to bed and then had the next day, um, and caught a late train back to Paris from, uh, from Bologna. So, um, uh, Paris was the only place we had multiple days to stay, and it was it was, except for the way we were treated, everything there was just incredible. <laughs> what about the, show, what about the show? Yeah. yeah, the show itself was underwhelming. It was uh, it wasn't a bad show by any stretch of the imagination, but um, I mean, nothing from it really even stands out as like a memorable moment. To be perfectly honest with you, uh, and I think part of it might be just the fact that. Uh, the Marseille show was so good uh, that like a very good, but not, not incredibly awesome show uh, just doesn't stand out. The other thing was um, the Paris show was not a small venue at all. It was a very large venue and our seats were, they were fine, but they weren't good. You know, I went from almost being able to reach out and, you know, touch the band <laughs> to, you know, many rows back. Uh, so it wasn't quite as, uh, you know, uh, I wasn't quite, didn't feel quite as involved in the show. So it was a fine show, but it wasn't anything that, that really even stands out in my mind, to be honest with you. So from there, uh, we went to Bern and Bern is one of my favorite cities ever. It's, it's gorgeous. It's unlike anything I've seen, um, the just the the architecture uh to call it a city uh i mean it's not a town but it's not like it's not a city like paris or even marseille or anything like that it's it's much smaller um and uh the the architecture is just it's like what you think of when you think of those you know the nordic areas um they have those real steep pitched roofs um and uh it's just a, a very very cool place to be uh, right in the center, or actually on the outskirt, I should say, of the town, uh, they actually have, Bern is uh, German for bear, and they have a pit with two bears <laughs> just, that just, just live there. Uh, they're That's like awesome. The, they're like the, like the mascots of Bern. Uh, so we got to see that. Um, and then it was, it was just beautiful. And unlike Paris, uh, the people there just could not have been nicer. They were the nicest people Um Maybe maybe of the trip. It, it was just a great place to be. Uh, of all the cities that I would want to go back to, Berlin would be number one, but but Bern is definitely number two. I, I loved it there. And then uh, we went to the show. The show was uh, probably the the venue was strange. It wasn't right like in the city. It was 
um, probably like a three quarters of a mile to a mile walk outside of the city. Um, but everybody walked there. Nobody, nobody drove. Uh, so we, the few people that we ran into that were going to, um, they were going to the show. We all walked over there together. Uh, and then we went in, uh, we lined up for a little bit, not for, not for too terribly long, but we lined up for a little bit. And unlike the Marseille show, uh, I was very close to the front of the line when, when we got lined up. So, uh, when we filed into the, into the venue, I did wind up on Mike's side. I didn't get to hang back and get to Stone's side. Um, so I was over on Mike's side, but that actually wound up being pretty awesome because I've still never been in a, in a better position, uh, as far as where, where I was, you know, situated for a show. I was directly in front of Mike almost the entire show. That's prime uh, real estate like, right there. People yeah. have been dying for that spot for years and years and years. And, and you really, you got to wake up early. You got to get there overnight yeah. to, to get that spot. That's the most common yeah. spot on the rail. And that, and that was actually something that was very different from, uh, from state, from shows in the States as well. Again, I have no idea what it's like now, but we went to the, we did go a couple hours early, but we were not like camped out. Like when I saw, when I went to Lollapalooza, um, uh, to see Pearl Jam, I literally had a beach chair in the, in the, in a deluge, uh, <laughs> starting at, I think I got there at midnight the night before. And I was like the second person online. And granted, it was Lollapalooza, so not everybody was there for, for Pearl Jam, but um, it was still, you know, I still had to line up 20 hours, or whatever it is, before they played just to have a, a shot at getting up in the front. Um, this was like, we showed up a couple hours early, we hung out with people, talked, and um, wound up with the, still the best position that I've ever had. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. Europe is a lot more relaxed for that sort of thing that you can get a, get there a little late and still find yourself in, yeah. in a good spot. And then uh, the show the show itself was spectacular. Um, started off real real powerfully with uh, with Go and Animal, um, and then Worldwide Suicide, which was just like a like a blistering start to the show, which was amazing. Um, some real highlights for me. Uh, they played Hail Hail. Uh, which is a show, uh, a song that I just absolutely love. <laughs> I actually uh, steal from Hell Hell quite a bit when I have to make uh, uh, best man speeches or anything along <laughs> those lines. Uh, that's my that's my go to uh, my go to song. So to see that uh, to see that live was pretty cool. And then followed right by Dissident was was amazing as well. Oh, and then actually right into Break or Fall, uh, which Randy we were just talking about how um, it's a, a song that I used to see or, you know, experience quite frequently, um, but then, you know, didn't for quite a while uh, until until this, this show. So that was pretty awesome. Uh, Marker in the Sand was a highlight, as was Army Reserve. Uh, again, you know, all the war stuff that was going on, um, going and, and hearing those songs was, was definitely a great uh, um, moment of camaraderie uh, between, you know, us in the band and then us with our you know, European friends, um, you know, showing that, you know, we understand kind of, you know, we're not, not all Americans are going into war without, uh, <laughs> recognizing the, the cost of it and that sort of right. thing. Right. So, right. Um, and then, uh, garden, they played garden at the time. I don't think garden was getting played that often. So uh, now only, only two times in Europe this year. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was pretty wild to see that. I, I, I don't think I'd ever seen it before. Um, and it was, 
definitely a highlight for me. Again, being a huge Stone fan, that was that was pretty cool. Um, but all that said, the the highlight, the absolute highlight of the night was probably the last song. Uh, it was Yellow Leadbetter, which um, if you've heard me talk, if you've listened, heard me on the podcast before, Leadbetter is not not my favorite closer. But at the end, they went into Little Wing, and they didn't do just like a quick little, it wasn't like just Mike doing a little tag on at the end of, of Leadbetter. Uh, Eddie came out and sang and they did, I don't know, probably a two minute or so um, version of, of uh, Little Wing with you know, actual uh, singing the lyrics and you know, the rest of the band played. Uh, it was like a full version, which was I, I had never seen before. Uh, and it was pretty awesome. Um, so that was like de- definitely the highlight of the night for me from from that perspective again it was just the, the whole the whole thing was uh just an incredible experience and um just real quick the last thing i'll say about burn is um after we left i mentioned you know it was kind of a walk back to the city uh when we walked over there there were a few of us walking and then we saw other people kind of walking around but when we walked back because you know of course the show lets out everybody gets out at the same time there was just a ton of us just walking back and it was just the most fun atmosphere to be a part of, to walk, uh, you know, with people from all over the world. Some spoke English, some of them didn't, uh, you know, just had a blast. And then we got back into this, you get back into this city center. That's like the most beautiful place you've ever seen. Um, like in the, you know, in the, in the mountains with, you know, everything that's going around, that's, that's going on around it. Um, there's the burn is really famous for this, uh, uh, incredible clock uh, that's right in the city center, and we kind of people Pearl Jam people just gathered in that area, and it's all outside, um, you know, seating and uh, uh, restaurants and stuff like that. We just hung out for uh, I don't know hours, a couple hours, uh, just hanging out, talking to people, and um, you know, uh, I don't think we drank anything because we had an early uh, we had an early trip the next morning, but. Uh, it was just a, like the most incredible experience after the show um, that is, would be really tough to replicate as well. I think wow. it, the, the, the friendliness of people there was, was unmatched. Yeah. I, I look when you get, I, I, I love when they play in a community and, yeah. you know, you read about some of the Canadian towns that they, they've toured and places like St. John's that are real small places where no one ever gets to play. And, right. you know, the whole town basically shuts down for Pearl yeah. Jam and it's all about them. Uh, I, I love when that happens and I love and I've never I've never really gotten the full experience of that. I've gotten like little tastes of like being in parking lots where, you know, everybody's got their music blasting and sort of, you know, kind of end of the night tailgating. But, you know, you don't get that experience in the States stateside as much as you do in Europe where everybody can just sort of gather and just sort of have, you know, uh, uh, an after party and and real – like that that sounds to me like like my my slice of heaven right there just to to go and and hang out with pe- all like-minded people and yeah. talk about how much you loved and enjoyed the show that 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 just sounds amazing yeah it, it really was and again uh you know you couldn't have asked for a better environment to do it in uh both you know physically and uh you know uh you know people wise 
um, it was it was great. I, uh, I I really hope to be able to get back to Burn someday. Yeah, and hopefully, uh, hopefully they'll get to play it at some point, and maybe that's you know maybe that's one on the docket. I I can't rem- again. I can't remember if Burn or Zurich was the one. I think it was Zurich uh, that they were supposed to do this year, but they were going to go yeah. back to Switzerland. So right. Uh, thank thank you for uh, coming. You know, doing this two weeks in a row and and talking about your experiences. I know that we've had these conversations off the podcast before, and I've gotten your full. You know, and, and I always very early on when I was what five or six shows deep, I would just pick your brain and just like, where'd you go and and <laughs> what would you do and and what'd you see, and I always I wanted to aspire to that, and I think in in some way you were sort of my. I, I, maybe I was your Pearl Jam fan protege, where like yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, or you know you were my pearl jam fan mentor that i I saw how many shows that you were at and what you've seen and i i just like i want that to be me and and 10 years later you know i I would say we started going to shows together really a lot in 2009 2010 Uh, you know i got 20 under my belt and i can say you know if it wasn't for this year I would have been in Europe to, to go see them in Amsterdam. Yeah. So, you know, I, yeah. I would have after all that time lived that, that dream, but I'm still, I'm still inching up. I'm still, I'm still gunning for, oh, for got, your stats and, yeah, and I, all I that. Get, I got to get my, uh, my kids to grow up a little bit so I can start taking them to shows because seriously, they're too young yeah, now they're too young now. And if I, if they don't, you know, hurry up and, uh, get with the program here. You're going to catch up to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I have to, I have to make some, uh, some commitments in, in some places. And then, you know, I have to leave some others off, off the map. And, you know, like I, I'm not fully, I can't follow them for, for a full 13 uh, show tour. I, I, I'm not, I'm not that impressive. I can't, I can't pull it off, but you know, I'll, I'll try, Whenever they do come back around, I'll I'll try to get to at least three or four of them, if not, if not try to get to more. Because at this point, it's you need it. You know, sort of you know, family and things along those lines. It's the only thing that's not freaking terrible in the world. So exactly. I need to, I need just to go erase everything <laughs> else from my mind. Absolutely. I need, I need a good two and a half hours of just. Like being able to turn everything else off. I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, but for now, the last concert that I, uh, that we both have been to, we're probably going to see the only 2020 concert would be, they might be giants. So yep. that's okay by me. I wish there were a lot more. I had a lot more that I was supposed to see, but you know what? If that's, that's the a, one, that's a, that is a good one for sure. That's a damn good one. I'm actually wearing my flood shirt right now. So nice. Very nice. Yeah. So, all right, man. Thanks for doing this the last two weeks with us, and uh, we'll have you on again soon. You're you're no stranger, so well, I hope so, man. Yeah, I'd love to. We we had a little bit of a delay where we weren't using you, and that that had nothing to do with you. I think it just you know we had so much that we had in store, but now we're we're back on on the Steve train, especially that we can get Matt. I think it was Matt's fault. I I think we all know that that. The, he's the scapegoat for all of this. We can we can blame him whenever we have to, and, and well, was, everybody will agree. And it was it was tough for me too because I was doing you know uh, I had you know homework and all that stuff to do, but now I'm done with school, so um, 
you know, it'll be, it'll be easier for me to make the time to get on. So, uh, you know, you know, whenever you require my services, man, let me know. And, uh, I'll, I'll do whatever I can. Of course. Hey, and I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it as often as, as we can. We'll, we'll talk. And, uh, again, thanks. Thanks for doing this. And, uh, hopefully everybody appreciated your stories. Cause you know, you don't, you don't get, a, you don't get a lot of these stories. You know, there aren't a lot of people that have, have done the full Europe trip. So it's, it's a very unique experience. So we will see you uh, again very soon. I'll make sure because we owe it to the people to get more of your fantastic stories and also oh, to you. call Matt out on his shit. So, yeah. <laughs> cause it. why does he keep fucking up? That's a that's a big brother's. Game. Why does he keep fucking? Up? Oh man! I hope he listens, and I hope he just. Mm, I hope he makes that just. Oh, I, I, I hate him. Uh, he's, so. he's 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 a good kid. We'll, we'll keep him around. We'll, we'll keep him around. Uh, oh brother! All right, brother. Uh, yes, thanks again, man. Of course, no problem. Good talking to you guys. So once again, thanks to Steve for coming on and sharing all of his stories. Those, I mean, he's he's a great guest and he's obviously a very good friend and somebody that I've known for a very, very long time. And like I mentioned, he's kind of been a Pearl Jam mentor to me of such that I, I have heard all these stories so many times and, and that's why I wanted to have him on to talk to talk about this because I've been so just enamored by his life and his, his the way that he's traveled to, to see this band that it, it's inspired me to do things like, like this, to talk about it with other people and to myself, try to get to as many shows as I can. So, you know, yeah, it's, the, always, it's always, it's always good. To, exactly. Yeah. It's good to get the perspective of someone who was there because so much goes on around the show besides the music, you know, you're, yeah. you're waiting in line with other people, you're meeting people, you're, going to eat you're going to get drinks you're seeing people in bars and restaurants and talking about the show like oh they've they've got that shirt they you're waiting in the merch line oh what's the poster going to be like there's this whole community based around the show that we sometimes don't spend enough time on because we you know I, I wish we could get someone who'd been at every show to come on the episode with us because it's, it's such a great perspective and you know you and i love doing the shows that we were at because we get to give a little bit of that personal perspective from from ourselves but yeah any any time we can get we can get someone who was who was at the show to give us stories like that to just kind of expand the the story around because yeah it is it is about more than the music it's about it's about the people and uh and anytime we we get a little bit of that perspective i'm all for it so definitely thank you steve absolutely yeah um i think without further ado there's really no you know we kind of leave off at the Marseille show and there was the Paris show in between. So there's not a lot of talking point from the Paris show. So it's really the same time period. We've really been doing avocado and post avocado time for the last couple of weeks. And uh, we'll, we'll get away from that for a little bit and then kind of bounce around. But um, you know, this is still, again, they're, they're promoting an album and however, there's still, mixing in a lot of variety when it comes to their sets. And you'll see in this set list that, uh, that that's, that's no different. So why don't we start with the show here? Uh, all right. You open up, remember how they opened up in Marseille and they opened up with long road and it was a very, you know, it was a moving, it was a fast version of long road. It was, it was up paced and upbeat and 
this one they they just fire out right away and and they're opening up with go into animal yeah. and to me i don't know like maybe it's listening back to the bootleg but i didn't go was okay i didn't feel like it was this you know electric incredible opener that absolutely knocked you know it it, it knocked me to the ground there's sometimes where that a lot of times where that absolutely happens. I didn't, I didn't get that feeling from a lot of this show that there was a lot of, I guess, excess personality from it. Yeah. It set the tone that this was going to be more of a rushed like show. It was, it was a shorter show. Like this is, this is not a marathon. It's a, it's a sprint and go opens up a lot of shows like that where they're like, all right, you know, let's go. No pun intended. We we got to get this through. So I don't know if there was like a curfew at the venue or if something was going on with Ed. Like we've had a lot of shows where we talked about Ed being sick, and for whatever reason, it just felt like they were they were rushing through a lot of these to to get through it. Like there's yeah, there's not a lot of those like extended you know jam moments. You know, there's not a lot of a lot not a lot of crowd stuff in between. He doesn't really talk that much and. But yeah, going animal, you know, first off you're thinking, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be epic to get the, these two songs written. Like, are are they going to play verses? You know, that's what I've been thinking after the first two, but, uh, cause I think they had just done, or had they not done Avocado? Torino was a, yet? yeah, Torino was like a week or so yeah, later. Yeah, a week later. So, uh, yeah, like I, it's, it's a great opener. Go into animal. You think you're, you're in for something special and then it just kind of like, it almost just kind of fizzles out. Yeah, I, I, I feel like the first seven into even flow, there's sometimes you have that balance. And I like when you have that balance where you can have the slow opener, then your corduroy kind of mixed in with severed hands and, and hail, hail and those kind of songs. And then you sort of bounce out a little bit with an elderly woman, a, a nothing as it seems, something to it's a, it's a kind good point. of. I think the show was missing a corduroy or a given to fly. Or yeah, like that. I definitely, I definitely missed it. It's got some, it's got some weird stuff a little bit later that actually surprisingly works in some aspects. But it was, I don't know, the the hits that they come up with in the middle of the set were just a little, a little off in set placement wise. I don't know about performance wise. I think maybe the performances were fine, um, but it was just the way that everything flowed together. It was, they could have, they could have rearranged this a little bit better. Um, you know, and again, go animal opens worldwide suicide, severed hand, hell, hell dissident breaker fall, even flow. That's no time to breathe. And you would think that that would be this major sprint where it's eight songs in. And that's what, almost a half hour where they're playing nonstop. They stop for maybe yeah. like a, a literal second where I'd said, hi, how you doing? Um, but all of those songs are fast songs. They're sweat songs. They're energetic songs, but none of them really felt like they were the identity of the show. It just felt like seven or eight songs in a row. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a reason that, that worldwide suicide has kind of fallen off the 
the set list. Like it hasn't been played since 2013 or 2014, I think. 2014, yeah. Yeah. So it just it just doesn't really connect with people. I think there's no. It's it's it never became that moment that a song like that should become. I mean, Severed Hand is stuck around. That's that's kind of a cool moment. You think Severed Hand, Hail Hail, Back to Back is great. And, you know, the, the, and there's nothing wrong with the performance, performances. They sound they sound fine, but, again, everything's played super fast. And uh, and, and McCready sounds great. That That's right up his alley. He he gets to show off a little bit on, on some of these. But, yeah, it, it, it just blew by. Like, it, it when I was listening to it, it, it never really grabbed me and, like, forced me, like, to sit. Like, sometimes, I, you know, we talked about, you know, Berlin a, a few weeks ago, how it jumped out of the speaker's. This one just didn't do that for me. Yeah, I think I agree with all of that. But for me, it was just there was a a lack of connection. It felt like the crowd and the band were on separate planes. And I don't know if that was just, you know, uh, uh, the band not being in Switzerland. The last time they were in Switzerland was 2000. And maybe the Swiss crowd was not as passionate as maybe the Marseille crowd was, or maybe a crowd in Italy would be, but it just didn't feel like they, they found each other in this show. And, and there have been good Switzerland shows before. Don't get me, get me wrong. Zurich from 92 is, is, is an absolute classic. And I know that's a a different beast from a different generation, but still, you know, it, it, it goes, it goes to show that, that they can, play in those kind of places and, and get the kind of spirit from the crowd that, that you expect. But I, I, I don't know. Bern is sort of a smaller town. So it's, it's not, it's not Zurich. And I, I don't know. I, I, maybe, maybe that's where the disconnect came from. I'm, I'm, Could be. I'm not sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, most of these performances, I, I, I thought hell, hell while fast, I thought it was really tight. Um, you know, I thought Matt kind of motored through and I know we talk a lot about how the differences between Jack's groove and Matt's just steamroll for, for that song, uh, you know, kind of for some people can ruin it in a way, or, you know, I, I guess there's some nostalgia for the no code era, live versions of hell hell I, I still appreciate it for what it is i thought that this version was pretty good um but you're right it it, it was fast and there was i guess sort of a, a a little bit of a lack of emotion with some of these and it is the only no code song so i always have to mention that right and and speaking of albums like we said beginning yeah. of the show go animal there are five versus songs within the first 10 songs which is kind of crazy, and it would be, I think, I think they played five avocado songs in this, and no yield songs counted. in the main set. That's that's crazy, and that's yeah. a point that I got to get to later because yeah. there was something that was really sticking at me that there was a song that I really thought should be in a specific place, and and we'll get to that point, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't know. It, 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 Something something was amiss here, and you know, replace dissident with given a fly, elderly woman, any of those, and kind of bounce it off, and maybe maybe get rid of break or fall just for the sake of of having the balance. Break or fall was a really good performance. I'll give even, it that. Even but just the balance. Too, like I don't think I don't think there are any lost dogs in this set either, right? 
Uh, you got to consider Ledbetter, but no, yeah, no, yeah. There was no Dirty Frank, and there was no, you know, yeah, throwing throwing something, throwing something rare there. Like, yeah, it, it 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 was it was just just missing something. Like normally they they sprinkle in those little little treats for the fans, and in that five, six, seven, eight section, sometimes you'll get maybe you'll get a pilot in there, you'll get right. uh, something like that. But yeah, just just nothing in this one. Look, I'm. Let's not discredit Breaker Fall and sort of where Breaker Fall and and like Steve was saying, it was kind of a surprise in 2006 to see Breaker Fall in this spot, and it's not one that really pops up, uh, you know, even with the album being six years out of release, um, you would think that it would pop up a little more often. But even at this point, no, it being an opening song, it hadn't done that. But, uh, you know, two binaural songs at this show, it, it, that sort of kind of takes the place of, of the rarity in this set. And it doesn't, it doesn't peek out of you where you can say, like, wow, I really want to listen to this show because Break or Fall and Sleight of Hand are in it. But it's at least something. Yeah, I mean, Break or Fall has only been played 14 times since this show. That's kind of incredible. Yeah. That's kind of incredible. So... Um, all right, we're weirdly at the even flow spot and it being the eighth song in, like we said, it's all the same, same kind of rhythm, same kind of pace, all leading up to this. There's no build to get you to even flow to make you feel like even flows this big moment in the night. And while this was a, a really good performance of even flow, it just, I think that, Marseille was just a better version. Uh, and I hate doing the comparisons, but I think that Matt was on on fire with his solo. That was like at least a minute longer than what he did here. And, and that's not to discredit what he did. It's just the vibe in the room that night was just something, I guess, that you couldn't replicate. Yeah, this one, it seemed a little bit disjointed, you know. Being being 2006, you know, I was expecting the the Matt solo, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like anything jaw dropping like like a Marseille or like some of those Italian performances were. You know, it just seemed like it. He just wasn't he just wasn't in the rhythm that he normally is in. One of the things that we kind of have stumbled across lately is that later versions of Glorified G are almost guaranteed to not be very good. And this one, uh, it really, I there was one that we did not long ago, and I, I think I said I never want to hear Glorified G live <laughs> after 1995 ever again, yeah, and yeah. this escalated that point. Rushing through it, the slot, the sloppy playing, the band not feeling like they were on the same page with it, and and look, they played this a couple nights before. This is two songs that are considered pretty rare 
they played at Marseille and brought back at the show. And, and surprisingly enough, the show that we did before Marseille, the Mansfield show, they played both songs <laughs> on that one too. So we've been talking about Glorified G and Satan's Bed a whole hell of a lot lately, but had not a lot of real positive things to say about it. But I, I just, this performance of Glorified G was just not... It was not sitting well with me. Yeah, it, it and it started off. It, it did start off okay, but I think it it just got it. It was missing something. Like it was played too fast. It it just uh, again, they, it doesn't have that same rhythm. It's almost like they were, you know, they brought it back in '03, and and the you know the great you know reawakening of of all the old Pearl Jam songs that continued into 2006. And I think it was more of they never really reconnected with it like they did early on. Like when you don't play a song live for eight years, you know, you're definitely going to be missing something. It's hard to recapture that original feeling or fury or rhythm, whatever that the song had. I think they were only playing it as, as fan service. Like, Oh, here, here's this one that that you wanted. You know, we, we didn't put a lot of thought into it, but you seem to like it. So, okay. And you know, Ed has the whole history of it with, you know, glorified version of, I hate this song. And all the stuff they, there's definitely a reason they stopped playing it. And I think they they just didn't connect with it the same in 2006 that they did back in the early 90s. Which is is disappointing because the lyrics are still so relevant to what's going on today. And I feel like it would be featured in in more shows had the song, I guess, had the band feel oh, yeah. more I mean, connected to it. If it's paced the right way and if and if ed's voice is really on it like it can be great but you you don't really get that a lot in the in the 2000s 2010s uh elderly woman this is where you get sort of the cool down a little bit which is weird because it's sort of in a way where we're gonna get to in sleight of hand It, it doesn't necessarily feel like the same kind of cool down but elderly woman should have been played much earlier in the set, build that connection with your crowd, Even an opener, sing along man, with them, like put it before. Go, Why not? Like, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm all for that. It, it, they're just, it's, weren't... it's one of those crowd moment songs and the, the show just didn't have enough of them. Right. And, and the crowd, it feels inspired during this, but it feels like it could have been so much more had it have been, I don't know, I guess, featured a little bit had ed of talked to the crowd a little bit had he have done something a little bit more or at least like drank wine and and get them a little riled up i think had some of those things would have happened i maybe it would have been a more inspiring performance yeah but i gotta think fine. there was i gotta think again i gotta think there was a curfew or there was some sort of issue going on where again it's it's played so fast. Like this is one of the fastest small towns that I've ever heard. But you know what? A nod to the crowd and it, uh, Ed changes the lyrics to my God, it's been six years. It's been so long. Never dream you return. Um, at least there's that. But again, that's his, I think it's like almost too little too late at this point. I feel like they could have built that connection a little bit earlier. Sure. Yeah. I'll go. I agree with that. Uh, slide of hand is great. Uh, yeah, again, I, sleight of hand I thought was one of the highlights. I absolutely agree with you. And mm-hmm. we talked a couple of weeks ago, I think it was the Prague show where they debuted it, and we kind of talked about how it's really an encore song. It's really that kind of that cool down. People aren't going to really sing along with it. They're, you know, if you need to sit down, take a little bit of a break, 
it's that song and you know however I didn't feel that vibe from this I felt like this just while everything is is rushed and played a lot faster at this show this one benefited from that yeah they they really I mean Ed's voice was fantastic on it too I thought they really they really connected on this one and then the ending is great but again another one that's only been played 13 times since then right it, it just I, this version just moved it just it felt like yeah. it had some energy to it it felt like there it, was some it passion sometimes it benefited from being played a little faster yeah absolutely was it sometimes when you hear this one especially like in that encore spot like play it after a I don't know like a just breathe or something like that you kind of it sort of drains the life out of the room even though the song the song is great I really like the song and I think as the older I get the more I appreciate this one but I you know not everybody in the crowd is going to feel the same way it's a tough song get that reaction to however had this become this version live and this this version that we hear on this show had this been brought to the table more often being almost in the same spot where where this is where you kind of get sort of a cool down but you want to keep momentum going a little bit i think it would have found a better connection with the crowd and maybe been played a little bit more um, as, as time went along, yeah, it's, it's and it's such a great song. Like it's one of those songs that that second half of binaural that that gets kind of strange and weird. You know, there's you know your rival in there and you know of the girl and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's fantastic and it definitely should be played more. I really liked what Mike was doing in this, and I think there, there's a couple of songs where Mike is kind of channeling that binaural era energy of just kind of the spacey, the laser yeah, kind of sound. Faster that plays into his wheelhouse, like he, mm-hmm. he's, he's all about that. He gets a chance to, to go nuts, and yeah, he can he can play just as fast as anyone. And that's a point that we can get to later with with the effects and how yeah. that kind of wraps up some some things in the set. So this uh, section after that, we have a Jeremy in the 12 spot, followed by Marker in the Sand and Better Man. And Jeremy was really fast, but I felt like this was really the first one that the crowd really had a connection with, that they really reacted to. However... Yeah, I, think they were maybe, I think they were maybe waiting for that moment to get the one, punched in the face and maybe sure of hand was that it was kind of woke everybody up yeah that that could have been and and look you go anywhere with the band and everyone from casual fan to hardcore fan to you know friend of a friend who has is seeing them for the first time they they are expecting jeremy and they and they're the 
it escalates that reaction that much more whenever they play it. It's just a matter of it being one of their most popular songs in one of their most popular time periods of being a band. Yeah. And again, I, I was waiting for the extended thing at the end. I was, you know, waiting for them to do some sort of call and response thing or really, you know, really make it into a big moment. And it just never came. The crowd. Yeah. The crowd did a little bit on the, the walls, but it, yeah, it never, yeah, it never you're, really, you're right. it never, they never really took it to that other level that it sometimes gets to. Right. The thing that disappointed me the most, and this is just, I guess it's the lukewarm reaction that maybe some, some of these venues had to the, the avocado record that you can hear the crowd when Jeremy ends, they're on fire and they are like, yes, that was awesome. That was great. And then marker in the sand starts and they die. feeling marker in the sand uh, the same way that maybe another crowd that was more into the avocado record was yeah and it's again it's it's got a weird kind of mid-tempo pace to it that that doesn't really fit in the back half of a of a main set like this is normally you would build off of jeremy and go into you know play spin the black circle play you know put a put a y go right there something fast you know but yeah it just kind of it just kind of deflated yeah you're right you can hear it and there's there's a mess up too. I think one of the guitar players is off. I think in the in the opening, you can hear section. it. I think it's I think it's Stone. Yeah. And yeah, there there's there is one part where he's just kind of doing like the bass drum of of just I guess the whatever the melody is. But yeah, he something is off. Something something is is amiss, and and it really didn't didn't hurt the performance at all. I I actually. I mean, I like Marker in a Sand a real lot. I think it's really one of their more underrated songs when you think about it, the grand scheme of things and, and take away how you feel about, you know, albums in general. Marker in the Sand is a great song, but I, again, the, it's not one of... It, it didn't, I guess, didn't age well with time the same way Worldwide Suicide did. They're not... Most of those avocado songs, you know, without... Inside Job and Gone and Severed Hand, that's not an album a lot of people attach themselves to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Gone has disappeared from sets. You know, you get you get Comeback occasionally, Inside right. Job occasionally, but Severed Hand and Comatose are pretty much all you're going to get. Life yeah, wasted, Life but, Wasted every every now yeah, and again. Yeah. You'll never get a Parachutes. You'll right. never get an Unemployable. Right. 
and another one, even after this whole section, better, better man kind of capping it off here. Another one, it felt like the band was up for a little bit more than the rest of them. And we talked about in the last episode, Matt was very, very critical of that better man because, you know, that's just what he does. But it didn't have a tag. It was very straightforward. This has a tag, but it's not that classic save it for later tag where they're doing the sooner or later you'll hit the deck and get found out. Um, they're basically just doing the woes and a little bit of the don't run away. They miss, they mix in a, a couple other call and responses, but it's not this epic version where the crowd is, is just at the edge of their seat pandering to every every word that that there's that Ed is screaming at them it, it just doesn't have that same kind of feel to it and it, that's just an overall feel of the show yeah i agree and again like the you have a moment like this you have better man where again you've got everyone's attention and then you're going to end it with with these three that no one really knows it's a very weird ending. Yeah. It's a very weird ending. I will give Army Reserve its credit at the show. I think it was performed fantastic. I think that we don't get to cover the song a whole lot, and it's not one, when I think about it, that I want to listen to, or, you know, within, I guess, you know, the top 50 of my songs, it's, it's nowhere close to that. So I don't, you know, I... Whenever I hear a good version of it, I, I do get a little excited, and it is, it kind of, I don't know, it balances my passion for the band a little bit to, to know that I, I have other songs that I usually wouldn't get excited about that can excite me yeah, this, at certain points. This might be a bottom 10 song for me. I just never... Is it, is it really that low? Really connected with it, yeah. And the, I think it, you know, the, the meaning behind it, yeah, I get it with, you know, it's, it's about you know, someone coming home from, from Iraq and all of that, but I don't think it's aged well. I don't, I don't think it really connected the way that he thought it would connect with people. I saw them play it in, in Jacksonville in 2016 and it was just kind of like, eh, okay. I it just, is... I just, I think it's, it's a missed opportunity. I, I don't think it, it's not one that I, it's a lot of times I just forget about it. Yeah. I, that's, yeah, I, I agree with that. The, the, it's one off of avocado that is completely forgettable within the realm of, of parachutes and, and unemployable. While I don't hate any of those songs, I also don't really have like a, a strong connection to any of them either. Yeah. Parachutes. I don't, think, I don't think that's one of his songwriting strengths too, is writing from the perspective, you know, we talk about, look at yellow lead better. Like it's, from the perspective of, you know, a young guy who is coming home from from the first Iraq War, the Gulf War, and he, you know, the story is he he puts up the sign to the old people and they like look at him. He doesn't. They tell him to fuck off, you know, whatever. They, and he he's kind of disillusioned and everything. But Army Reserve is more just like I hate to say pandering, but it's almost like to look at what the war has done to yeah it's almost to america misses, look at like what the war has done to he's me. usually better at infusing these kind of songs with some sort of uh 
twist or like yeah like some kind of disillusionment or some kind of metaphor and this one is just sort of straight ahead like and i'm sure to to some people it means it means a lot and i i don't want to i don't want to take that away from people if you love a song that's fantastic but it just it just never really connected with me yeah and you got to remember that this song was kind of written partially by damien eccles i think it was a damien eccles poem that was sort of ed uh took and and kind of uh recharged the lyrics a little bit but uh, you know it's not no it's not one of the songs that really stands out to you in the catalog unfortunately it is a crowd killer it doesn't really get the crowd to you know sing along it's not one of those and and for the end of the set here you don't like you mentioned you don't really have those i'm gonna give army reserve its credit though it's a really good version considering that we don't talk about it all a lot mike is again doing a lot of cool little spacey uh just atmospheric kind of effects with his guitar that i really liked and you know kind of going back to what he was doing on sleight of hand it was a platform for him on this show and this was the median time it had been played it it had been played 15 times before this and it's been played 15 times after <laughs> well look at 31 in total that's yep. a that's a low number if you're chasing for army reserve to fill your avocado bingo bingo board then then i hope they play it the next time you go see them because i i know i know when i chase stuff even songs that i don't really love uh you know they just keep pecking at me and and you know i i I get it but you know uh forward and onward satan's bed is the penultimate song of the main set and yeah that's just weird i didn't really know what to think about that the only yeah they they got through it golf clap yeah yeah right and again Three weeks in a row that we've covered this song that's only been played thirty some odd, thirty eight times. That's weird. That's really weird. That's I. I you want to you want to take a guess as to how many times it's been played since then? Uh, ten. Thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. There's a trend. It's yeah. like they were they were cleaning out the the basement that, of all of the songs that they. That's they basically never one a year. That, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. granted that they haven't played every single year since 2006, but that's averaging, you know, one and a half per per tour since then. Once, once in 2008, twice in 09, once in 10, once in 11, twice in 13, twice in 14, once in 15, once in 16, once in 18. And would you believe me if I said I got two of those? Yeah, that's that's impressive. Yeah, I, it's just the way it works somehow. Yeah. Yeah. But even even if I'm in Steve's shoes. They play this in Glorified G almost in back-to-back shows. You're going to four shows in a row. You want more variety. Give me give me something else. Give me something from No Code. Give me something from Yield. Just if you're going to go in that direction or, or a lost dog, give, give give me something that you didn't bust out a couple of nights ago. And, and I get that not everybody's going to be at the same show in Marseille and Bern, but maybe maybe spread it out a little bit. Yeah, it's it's just it's 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 strange, and like this would normally be like the immortality spot or the, you know, the the porch spot, the something like that rearview mirror. Like, where are those songs in this set? Like, there's only there's only two Vitalogy songs this whole set. There's only two Yield songs. Like, just strange. 
you end the set with You Are, though. Yeah, That's the only Riot Act song. The only Riot Act song. And I think the night before this in Paris, I think they played five Riot Act songs, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. Which is, it feels like a lot in 2020. But in 2006... You're what three years off of yeah, the album? Yeah, that's your that's your most recent album besides the new one, right? So it's not. I guess it's not that crazy to think about, but yeah, to close a set, I, I went and I checked with our statistician at live uh, live footsteps, live on four footsteps, and um, it is the only time that it's ever closed a main set before. Yeah. Which oh, to, how, what are the odds that if if you had put down a parlay of they're going to end the main set with Army Reserve, Satan's Bed, and You Are. You would have walked out a very wealthy person. I, yeah, I mean, that's just... That's ridiculous. That, you that has to, never happened, and it will never you have happen to be, again. You have to be walking through the ventilators and, you know, looking through and seeing what Ed is, is putting down pen on paper and yeah. and cheat to, to get that. But You Are is such a... Man, I, again, a missed opportunity here, and I get that... But there see, have been I, times. I liked it. I thought it, I thought it was cool. Like I'll give them credit for mixing it up. Like maybe they were like, "Hey, we'll give it a chance here. If it connects with people, if it if it works, like maybe Mike can do." Like you said, I thought the performance was fine. Like, yeah, I thought it, it. I thought it was great. Actually, it worked but, in a way, but it just leading up to it, you need you need like an immortality with it, or you need uh, it needs uh, some pillars to stand with. At yeah, the end, at the end of the set there. But then again. Because it didn't have those pillars, it almost set something up that doesn't usually work to try to work. And I feel like yeah. if you had, I don't know, a, a, a porch or a rearview mirror to, the, to go before it, an immortality to go before it, you you then say, really, you're gonna you're gonna go from immortality to you are, and that's how you're gonna end the set. That's really strange, but. <laughs> Satan's oh, you know, bed you know into you are. Like said he likes to hit people with the, oh, with the hits. Absolutely, he was, he, was, he was not in favor of this set list. I guarantee you. Yeah, no, I, I maybe it's just maybe it's just the fact that they they were doing so many dates and and look mm-hmm. a lot of those Italy shows were you know being I guess prepared to be part of the DVD and they wanted to make those more hit friendly and those are like very yeah they went they Pearl went Jam to Bologna the next sets. day. Yeah, right, yeah, right. That that section started the next day. Right. I don't I don't think they they taped Imogene in Bologna, but uh Right. But afterwards, yeah, like mm-hmm. those sets are very, you know, very st- standard good Pearl Jam sets. I really think that they should have ended the set with Do the Evolution. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Rearview Mirror, it, Porch, yeah. Mortality, Go, even a Corduroy there like. do do you are and and do army yeah. reserve into satan's bed into you are but just end it with do the evolution i was just i needed i needed some kind of call and response type of song some energetic type A of song moment. yeah yeah i i needed that in this and and you know maybe it just spoke to what we got earlier and how it just sort of fell flat compared to other shows and again not to say that you are was a bad performance, it just wasn't the best choice in terms of the construction for the set. But you do get evolution in this encore. You start off the encore. Ed doesn't really talk to the crowd, but he just you know he has a nice he has a funny little 
bit here where he says, can I say something in American? And <laughs> he just thanks the crowd. It, it's really, there's nothing from that on this show. That that was probably the most disappointing part. But yeah, you get the you get the new new garden, garden two. Garden two, alternate garden. Um, oh, the, when, the last time we covered this, we accidentally came up with a funny uh, oh, we came up with a funny nickname for it. Uh, I think we called. I think we called it South Garden. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, like complete accident. It's, it be- it became the heaviest song in their catalog. Like this is this one's for the headbangers. Like it definitely has. You can definitely hear Soundgarden playing it like this. <laughs> to but um we covered the vegas show and i felt like that version was a little bit more put together this one felt i guess like they were going a little bit through the motions it felt a little sloppy to me like almost like they they didn't rehearse it or or just said hey remember that thing we tried a couple of shows ago you want to do it again all right sure yeah yeah you know and maybe that's why something like this didn't stick because you get to 2008 where they did it again and we've covered a couple of those shows where they brought it back in 2008 and it, they go back to the regular version yeah you get the quote from Jeff about it where he's like you know sometimes the original way is best you know, exactly things and yeah sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't right right and you know although it is cool to kind of go back and listen to No Jeremy and listen to the alternate corduroy bluesy porch those kind of things and even with this version of Garden, I think this one probably gets talked about the least out of that bunch of variant songs. And it's not bad. I, you know, I don't hate it. I think it's kind of cool. I think it's kind of cool, too. Yeah. 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 I, but This performance again, was a little off. You know, headbanging Pearl Jam is not my, not my favorite Pearl Jam, so <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Pearl Jam is not Slayer. They're not a metal band, right? No. Uh, all right, here's where you get some yield songs. Low light shows up in this encore, and this is not quite the time that low light was becoming the common song. It was still considered pretty rare. Only 15, the 15th time. Yeah, yeah, 15 times that they had played it up to this point. And then I would say Backspacer era, that, that 2010 tour is where they really started throwing it in and low light would be in that kind of six, number six, number seven spot, say hi to the crowd and kind of, you know, play something a little bit lower tempo to, to even it out. Even, um, in that, even in that two or three spot later on, you know, 2013, Oh, I mean, that's the spot I love the best. Yeah. I love when they can open with release 
and then go into low light and finish off with sometimes something like that. Look, you can kind of you can see the seedlings being planted here of this being a song that maybe later on let's 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 do it a little more. Let's perfect it. I, I can see this with that version. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, all right, here's you kind of end the set. You get a little bit more energy. You get evolution and alive. Um, again, you're hitting what 21 songs here and you're finishing the first encore. You're getting four in in the first and four in the second. They're very, very, very short. There must've been either a curfew issue or maybe they gave more time to my morning jacket who was opening for them on this tour. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure, but, um, yeah, it just feels, it feels kind of like snap and it's over. Yeah, it was quick, and I was I was listening to it, and I was shocked to hear "Evolution" and "Alive." This I was like, "Really already?" Yeah, like are we are we are we done? And Steve mentioned like, that this is, this is bread and butter. Steve mentioned that in, in the Marseille show, he thought that when they played "Alive" in the first encore, that there that was the end of the show, that right. they were going right. to leave, and then they came back and did you know "Leash" and "Dirty Frank," and that's just yeah. a yeah. whole whole other story. But you know, I, I think. The biggest talking point out of these two is probably like the end of Alive, where they kind of do that little stop, start and stop. The yeah, kinda, the, the curse was lifted. By yeah, you talked about the the storytellers. Uh, yeah, that it had become that kind of fist pumping, doing the hey, 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 and people had kind of picked up on that. <laughs> bit of flair i mean i i feel like alive isn't one of these tracks where boom is really prominent on he's just kind of almost like setting a little bit of the background noise but boom has a really really nice section in this when they're doing that little part where it's kind of the stop and stop and yeah that's interesting i i that was the first time i heard him in the whole show like i yeah (laughs) he didn't get he didn't have a moment no in the main set at all no and i i thought about that with with marseille too that maybe it wasn't until maybe better man that that you really heard him at all no he was he was not a significant factor in the band you know what this set is like this just occurred to me so if you guys have listened to our set list drafts this set is like if we were going to do a leftover set (laughs) from the songs that didn't get picked on the set list draft this is that set yeah, they'd be lucky it's to like, get going animal and hell hell and all that, but yeah, but I mean, if yeah, if you take out the you know the the eight or eight or ten you know ones that you're gonna get, right? Oh, hey, I need I need to throw yeah, I need to throw something in the marker, end. So army reserve, army you reserve, are, right? Satan's bed, garden. You know, it, it's it has all the all the trappings of one of those leftover setlist draft sets that like the songs that nobody picked, right? Yeah, that's. That's a, that's a good point. I mean, there's some yeah. really good stuff in here too. But like, oh, I have to end my main set with you. Are damn, 
Okay, <laughs> fine, fine, I guess. Hey, look, sometimes you have to do that when yeah. there aren't things left over. Sometimes you, right. you do have to end your show with the last exit because there's, yeah. there's nothing left. But, yeah. you know, it, it, it just happens. So Encore 2 and, and what do you know? You open up the Encore 2 with last exit. Um, Finally, some more Vitalogy. Yeah, you get earlier stuff here, last exit and why go. And it's funny because why go was really – kind of one of the catalysts for the Marseille show to really build that energy and, and find that connection to the crowd. And then you get it kind of late here and it has the energy. It feels really good. It, it feels like it's important, but it's sort of, it's sort of making up for a little bit of lost ground for what they did, did in the main set. But uh, you know, it's fine, but I, I, I still, there's, there's this, this, just big red mark in the main set that I can't. Yeah, and I don't like I can't to play stop that. Looking at. I don't like to play that game where we want to. We want to switch things around, and I don't want to get bogged down for two hours talking about how we could have reorganized this. But like, flip why go in Satan's bed, and we're talking about a different, different show. I think. Yeah, you can say that with so many of these songs. Yeah, yeah. You and again, really that's, and, and that's you know, Ed, Ed a, does what he does. Like he's he's running. obviously the master at making these set lists, and I'm sure he had a reason for doing it. But in in hindsight, we can look back and go, hmm, it, it really didn't work. Yeah, you can't really play Monday Morning Quarterback yeah. 14 years later. It's just, yeah. you know, while while it's good content for anybody listening that you know thinks in terms of Pearl Jam set list and, and thinks in terms of how things flow it, uh, you know, it, we can do this any show at any time and it'll be the same content every single time. So, you know, it's not, it's, it's, it's not worth our while, but you do finish the show pretty well. I think this is really good rocking in the free world. I think it's an excellent led better into little wing. Uh, oh, yeah. They don't waste any time. It's why go right yeah. into rocking in the free world. It's, it's seamless almost, transition. Yeah. Almost. They're almost connected. Yeah. Yeah. Ro- rocking just kind of gains more and more momentum as, as the song goes on and it kind of, it just picks up a lot of steam and, and that's what the main set was really missing with their big songs. The, the few that they did do is they, they just, the momentum just wasn't there. Oh, and Ed was hitting that tambourine right on the microphone. It is super loud. Yeah, you can hear that tambourine every every little shake of that tambourine. You can hear. Yeah, but yeah, that, yeah, rocking in the free world. Thought it was great. It, and again, it's it's another song that benefits from being played a little faster. Sure, of course. Yeah, yeah. then you know you get that right here late in the set, and everybody is gonna want that one last opportunity to to go wild anyway. So you gotta you gotta appease to that. So abs- absolutely play it faster, play it loud. Hundred percent agree with you. Hit that tambourine as hard as you can. Yeah. But uh led better into Little Wing, man, this was this was real good. This was almost it almost felt like the band wasn't even prepared to do Little Wing and it was just like, all right, fuck it. You know, yeah, it was kind of an awkward there. transition where Mike just kind of went into it. And then I, I think Ed was like, oh, okay, and just took off with it. Yeah.
know, sometimes the, they'll they'll bust it out and it'll be a planned, you know, little wing where they'll they'll do the full song. Sometimes yeah, Michael it was, it was the end of this tour it. in Honolulu, I think, where they did a really full version of it. A really, it's really nice. Yeah. So check that one out if you like if you like Little Wing. Yeah, no, I, it was a good good way to end the set. Ending on Lead Better, everybody's definitely going home happy, and yeah. you know that's what they remember. Hey, this, so. this crowd was lucky they didn't end with like Tremor Christ or something. You know, <laughs> I would love them to end on Tremor Christ. I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. That would that would be a fantasy set list for me. I'm throwing it in my next set list. Oh, draft. Yeah, I know, I know you do that stuff, but <laughs> so uh, pick three. What do you like from uh, from this show? Uh, I, I had a hard time picking three, to tell you the truth. I like, think I, I I think I had three that were pretty good standouts. That if you asked me else to pick were... four, I couldn't do it. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah I'm gonna go sleight of hand. Uh, I'm gonna go garden and Ledbetter Little Wing. Uh, I think I got two of your three. Not, not surprised. Uh, yeah, sleight of hand was by far the best moment of this show for me. Yeah, I, I, you know, outside of its placement, I really liked this version of Army Reserve. I, I was really into it. I think it kind of fit sort of what the band was was doing on this night, especially Mike just kind of going off and and doing some of the spacey sort of you know effects that that he was going through, and maybe it's going back to how much I like Sleight of Hand that I, I wanted more of that, and Army Reserve sort of fulfilled that uh, that obligation, and uh, Little Wing was was great because it just even when you're listening to it and you know it's about to come come up, it still comes as uh, a bit of a surprise and it's still you know it's 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 very welcome but yeah it would be very tough to pick another one i think garden was good but i don't think it was a massive standout um you know i think this alive was really good not something i'm gonna ever think about with versions of alive to go back to burn 2006 you know you got 750 more versions you can find yeah. something else uh nothing in the beginning of the set really you know that it really hits home to me but yeah those those are the three in my eyes all right this this one could get controversial as <laughs> as you can tell we were not yeah, really so very high on it so when, when with my ratings like obviously we've done some classic pearl jam shows that deserve the nine and a halfs and the tens that they get but my kind of system that i use is will i go back to this you know, will I, will I take something from it, like take a song, a performance and like put it on my phone so I can listen to it whenever I want or, you know, burn it to put in the car or something, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm not going to go back to this one. It, it just, it didn't have anything that really grabbed me. So I'm going to go four. It, no Lost Dogs, one No Code song, only two Yield songs, only two Vitalogy songs. It's just... It's a strange makeup of songs, and um, I mean, we we add it to the big board, but I I probably will not be going back to this one. Yeah, the, the one thing that I will say it's saving grace is that I can I can say if anybody is looking for the best sleight of hand live, I can I can look to this show and I can I can easily say that that this is my favorite that that I've heard. 
But outside of that, no. That that section early on that just it feels like it would be the sprint is just this this flat kind of mix of of opening set tracks that really don't mesh together well or didn't have the energy, didn't have the connection. So I, I'm I'm gonna say five because although it wasn't the best show, it, there was nothing wrong with a lot of the performances. It just it, the connection was missing. And yeah, it it felt rushed. Like they, like again, like they had a plane to catch, or they had a late dinner reservation, or something going on where yeah, they just could not could not get out of there soon enough. Before we talked about the show, I said to John, I said, "There's a, a clip of this on YouTube, and it's an hour and forty eight minutes long." However, I'm not going to watch that to do my research because there's no way that that's the full show. I know I'll be missing something. So just send me the bootleg anyway. That was probably the full show with probably, you know, yeah. encore breaks and all two hours. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that an hour and 48 is not, that is very under average for a Pearl Jam show, but you know, all right. So we, uh, there it is. We, we got through the episode and we got to, say a couple things at the beginning and um you know there are things going on on patreon as always but we're gonna leave that to you guys if you want to go over there that's fine but we're not gonna do a massive promotion of it of it this week um if you do want to write into us for the wrigley shows and getting some wrigley stories in please send us an email at live on four legs podcast at gmail.com the number four Remember, that's very important. Live on the number four legs podcast at gmail.com. And send us your stories about Wrigley. And we'll do an episode. We're doing the Wrigley series in July. But we're going to do an episode that's sort of separate. Because these episodes are going to be just, you know the Wrigley shows. There's a lot going on. We're going to have people on that were at these shows that had these experiences. John was at a couple of them. Uh, I was at one. We're going to have a lot to talk about. They're very, you know, very important shows in in the Pearl Jam catalog. So they're going to be long episodes. So we're going to do an extra episode that's just for you guys recapping your personal experiences. We've got a couple of emails from it already. So keep them coming and we'll keep taking your emails until the the end of July or so and, and after all five of those shows are, are released. We'll we'll have one last one, and then uh, we'll do we'll do an episode that's just all storytelling. So, uh, so keep on that, and you know we'll uh, we'll be a little silent on social media this week. We won't share a lot of things, and out of out of respect to to what's going on in the world, and to keep you you know focused and and uh, and intent on on uh, you know educating yourself and. Um, you know, keeping, keeping the news in, in the forefront in your mind. And, uh, I hope that you're doing that. Yeah. But you know, if, if you guys, if you guys are out doing your thing, please stay safe, take care of each other. Yeah. Remember all this, think about, think about your brothers and think about what people are going through and do what, do what you can to help. Remember in all this, we're still going through a pandemic. You guys, this is, you know, while yeah, protesting is very important right now there is a high, high risk that disease is going to continue to spread. So please, 
if you do go out and protest, please continue to wear a mask. Please be careful. Please try not to get in people's faces and, and, you know, and try to interact with people and shake people's hands and keep bottles and bottles of hand sanitizer on you if you have to play play it smart please we don't need we don't need more shit to happen than that's already happening we don't need this world this country to get worse considering if if we're not if we're not all goners by next week uh we'll be back with another episode we'll uh we'll share pink pop 2000 with you guys that was a request from one of our patrons so uh another short show but this one i think is uh gonna be enjoyable because it's a pink pop show so most pink pop shows are very memorable and it'll be the first time that we ever cover a specific binaural song so i'm very excited to get to that all right thank you for listening in and hopefully uh, you guys are staying safe and staying positive and staying active uh and you know fighting the good fight so this may be the end we're here but not for much longer although we may be parting ways i miss you already and i miss you always we'll be back next week and uh again just stay safe and, and keep fighting a good fight black lives matter